maybe me and Gal could fight. You'd have to cut a bit of weight, I think, to get down. Yeah, man. It's weird how much he hates you. Uh, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Her Business Radio. It's episode number 35. I'm Mickey, the other guy, and I'm joined by Ben Damon. Ben, Ramon, how are you? Um, very good, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, been a, an interesting week here in Sydney, um, obviously, but um, really good week last week. Good show in Newcastle. Uh, all went very well, and we move along to um, some big things that are coming up next for Tim Zoo. Very nice. And, Jay, did you catch the card in Newcastle last week? Of course, mate. Um, no limits. Certainly didn't Certainly didn't let us down um, with uh, with potentially... Well, the main event falling over, and then Steve Spark jumping in. The show was still awesome, mate. They they just they can't miss no limit. It was really good. Yeah, how was it over there, Ben? During fight week, with with everything, you know, obviously there was a lot of drama around Zarafa pulling out. Um, what was the atmosphere like in Newcastle? Yeah, it was a, a very different fight week, that's for sure, because of um, all the restrictions. Newcastle uh, with no cases of COVID, but still uh, obviously on alert and, and uh, looking out for, for things. So there was um, masks and social distancing and um, 50% capacity in the venue. So uh, it, it did look quite bare compared to the last time we were in Newcastle. A real shame too, because uh, when tickets went on sale the first time around, when the Tim Zoo Michael Zarafa fight was first announced, 6,000 or so tickets sold within 24 hours. So it was a sellout within a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with restrictions coming in, um, those tickets all had to go back on sale and only 50% of them were allowed to be sold with no one from Sydney allowed uh, at the event unless they were working. So, um, yeah, it, it was a real shame, really, that that's how things turned out. But given um, all of that drama and obviously the uh, huge drama around Michael Zarafa um, pulling out of the fight a week out, um, yeah, I think uh, the result was pretty good. It was a, a really uh, interesting fight night, some some good fights, some shock results, um, a solid main event, another highlight reel stoppage for Tim Zoo and Stevie Spark became a star, uh, uh, the darling of uh, the Australian sporting public for a few days. Um, the Rocky story that wasn't to be, um, but he had a good crack and he'll be in some really good fights. And uh, I think it's the first time in a post-fight interview when someone's been stopped in round three uh, that they've been able to win over the entire crowd in their postering interview and also tell everyone that he's going to win a world title and get a huge round of applause. So um, yeah. Stevie Spark is a, a brilliant salesman and he showed that last week. Well, not even, mate. Yeah, he sold I, I believe him, man. I believe yeah. him. I love Steve Spark. Uh, to step up on the notice that he had and just to just be all in and, like you said, get stopped in the third round, jump on the microphone, tell everyone you're going to win a world title. The stigma of losing a fight just disappeared with, with Steve Spark um, in, in, the, in his performance and just the way he carried himself in the lead-up. Everyone knew what it was, knew that he was coming up a couple of weight divisions. He's still he's a world-class fighter, and um, I believe him. I think he's going to go on to bigger and better things once he gets back down to junior welterweight. Now, it was just good to see people celebrating um, a guy like Steve Spark instead of hanging shit on it. So yeah, it was- oh, you certainly couldn't hang shit on him. He was um, he was the star of Fight Week. Everyone wanted to talk to him and talk about him. And I think um, in hindsight, we chose the perfect uh, replacement. Once um, Zarafa was off, there were a few names that were tossed around, but um, Stevie Spark was um, the one that uh, we went with. And, and I think it's proved to be the uh, correct choice because it was still a, um, a very popular event. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that that Rocky story, the Cinderella man thing and, and him being such a good bloke, a lot of people went, no, I'm going to watch that fight. I'm, I'll give that bloke a chance and I just want to see how he goes. I like him um, sort of thing. And then obviously a lot of people tuning in to see uh, Tim Zoo because they know that major things are just around the corner and they want to stay a part of the journey. So, um, yeah, it was uh, a really tricky um, final seven days. A, a lot had to go into um, to working through the replacement uh, situation uh, from every single element of it, not only um, getting Stevie Spark in and, and all of that sort of stuff, but changing all of the marketing material, the promo, uh, all of the production uh, around everything, uh, <laughs> simple things like 
um, billboards coming down and um, artwork being replaced with Stevie instead of Zarafa. So um, yeah, it was it was a tough, a really tough week, um, but it was uh, a, a good result in the end. The pullout happened the day after the show aired on on Fox of previewing uh, Zoo and Zarafa, <laughs> yeah. so it wouldn't have been worse timing. Yeah, yeah. So we did a um, we invested or, or Foxtel and Fox Sports and main event uh, invested pretty heavily in making a, a half hour doco. Um, as well as that face-off piece that uh, I hosted, um, the Mickey Hatton uh, one, and they both aired on the uh, on the Tuesday night. And by the Wednesday afternoon, they were both in the bin because uh, it was just after probably three o'clock on Wednesday that um, the final call came from the Zarafa team that he was out. So uh, yeah, he couldn't really run them all again. So we um, chucked him in the bin, moved on to making some content around Stevie Spark, trying to say what a what a good story and what a good fella he was and how he was going to come in and have a crack. And um, yeah, it sort of had to remobilize in that direction. And um, yeah, we, we've certainly dealt with pullouts before and late replacements, but on a big show like this, which um, really had the whole country talking, um, yeah, it was a, a pretty major situation. I just, yeah, I just, it's just done so much damage. Um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. Do, do we get, do we really get to the bottom of it? I've seen like a few tell-all interviews and stuff like that, but it's just, no, the team couldn't go because of, yeah. And, no, well, I, I think we 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 know we certainly know um, the team's reasoning that they put forward. I spent a, a fair bit of time on the phone with Sam Labruna on that Wednesday, um, and in uh, previous days, um, the manager and trainer of Michael Zarafa, and their reasoning was um, simply that they um, would not travel to Newcastle from Melbourne, where they're based. Um, without a guarantee, a written guarantee from the Victorian government that in the case of things changing and there being a uh, hard closure of the border between New South Wales and Victoria, that they would be exempt from any 14 days of quarantine. Um, The situation when those talks were going on was that there was no mandatory quarantine and the situation, uh, as it turned out, on fight day and after the fight was that there was no mandatory quarantine. The situation was that people uh, returning from New South Wales to Victoria had to get a COVID test and await the results. So um, yeah. not a particularly significant um, amount of time to wait around. They're generally taking um, 12 to 24 hours at the moment. So, um, But they were concerned that if things change, they might be stuck and they might have to do 14 days of hotel quarantine. Well, the border has just closed um, over the weekend with the cases um, ballooning in, in New South Wales. And now now um, the border is in fact closed. So if it had been this week, um, then things would have been altogether different. But even when the border closed, and this was a point that we did try and make, um, there was about 12 or so hours given to Victorian residents to get back across the border on flights and and in cars. So um, they, they probably would have been would have been okay regardless, um, but yeah, that was the situation. They just, if there was no written guarantee that if things changed, um, that they wouldn't have to do quarantine, then they weren't um, willing to come. It's just, yeah, I don't know, just such such a shame because um, it just done so much damage to Zarafa's reputation. Um, he's still getting dragged over the coals, and that's like that's. I, look, I can I can appreciate I can appreciate that. You've got businesses and stuff to run, fair enough. But if if that if that if that is your preference, if that's what you put higher than having a world class fighter being in the biggest fight in Australia for the year, or in in recent in recent in in the last few years, this was this was a big fight. It was a big deal. The the you were just talking about how much was invested in it. If if that is your if that I don't know. Should should you be looking after a world class fighter, if that is what, if you choose that, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to put I'm just trying to put the, I'm trying to put the words together, right? But if that is your, if, help me out here. Nick, <laughs> <laughs> you, you want to try and help him? Um, yeah. Yeah, is- well, I think we should try to say <laughs> your, your priorities are here. You've been sparring hard this week, mate. No, I'm, I'm actually crook as a dog right now. 
Um, yeah, no, I, yeah, no sparring. But um, what's he trying to say, Mickey? He's trying to say um, what are your priorities? You know, if you've got yeah, a opportunity to be a fighter, should that take a back seat for temporary back seat for your fighter to your business? So yeah. that's yeah, that's an interesting point. And Zaref is a world class fighter, man. He is. Yeah, he is world class, and this was such a big deal. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's more to there's there more to it. Well, well, I don't know. That's obviously what everyone wants to speculate, isn't it? That there is more to the story. People, um, a lot of people, um, and I'm not saying this is me, but a lot of people are not willing to buy that that is a reason that you would pull out of a fight of this magnitude. So people are looking for other reasons. Um, You know as well as anyone, Jade, is there anything else, do you think? Is there something to do with the preparation or is there something else that has happened um, in that camp or around Michael Zarafa? I believe everything was, yeah, I believe everything was fine. I I didn't really speak. I didn't really speak much to Michael in the lead up to this one. I spoke to him after all of this fallout because he felt that I, 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 look, I don't really get involved in social media shit, but I just, I just was taking the piss out of my friend Andrew Maloney, and Zarafa thought that <laughs> I was having to go at him. But we, we had to hash that out. But look, yeah, I don't know. It just is there. Have they got something else planned that's bigger for Zarafa? There's got to be something else there. It just doesn't make sense. But. I can respect the whole I, business. I, I don't think there's anything you could do bigger for Michael Zarafa at this time in this climate in world boxing. No. I think that was his fight. No, no, um, no. Are they going to land a Ryota Murata fight or, or, or what? Well, I, I, I don't believe so. Um, I, I, yeah, I haven't heard anything along those lines. Obviously, he's a name that's been um, mentioned a lot with Ryota Murata, and he is still world ranked at middleweight. So um, it's a yeah. fight that, that could happen, but. Um, as far as I know, that's not the fight that's that's happening. I hope it does happen, but I don't think they pulled yeah. out of the fight because they have that fight. Yeah, um, I, I, mate, I'm just I'm just clutching at straws just because I just hope, I just wish nothing but the best for Zarafa. It, the whole the whole the whole thing doesn't make sense, but I suppose we should probably yeah we we've got we're not going to get to the bottom of it. So no. But, it is what it is. Stevie Spark, you stepped up. You're a legend. Everyone loves you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And on Michael Zarafa, like, I, I really like him. I, we um, we banter, obviously, in, in the building of fights, um, but I have a lot of respect for him, and I do like him as a person. And um, I did reach out to him after this all went down and just seeing the way that things had um, turned on him. And it was just him, not his team, that was getting absolutely hammered um, by – Boxing people, non-boxing people, by mainstream media, by everyone. So, um, yeah, I just reached out to make sure that he had good people around him and that he was coping okay um, with things. Um, and it seems that that he is. Um, I think it's a real shame what this will have done for his reputation, um, rightly or wrongly. Um, he has been absolutely destroyed um, at every possible level and and people are questioning everything about him um, as a fighter. And I think that's a, a tremendous shame because we've seen in particularly uh, his performances against Jeff Horn that he's a, a really good fighter and a really tough dude to get up from the um, punch from the gods in round nine of the second of the Jeff Horn fights. We know what he is made of. Um, but... Now, uh, a lot of people just place a, a big question mark over all of that. And um, I hope he's all right still. I hope he gets that major fight and I hope everything works out for him. But, uh, yeah, gee, it, it was a massive, massive call um, for him uh, and his team to pull out of that fight a, a week out. That's the thing that sort of annoys me or hurts me the most is that Mick, Mick has been a mate of mine for, for years, been a sparring partner. Um, recently we haven't, but that's the thing that annoys me the most is that Mick is the one being dragged through the coals. Mick is the one, everyone's just channeling their anger and frustration at Mick when he's made it clear from the get-go this was the team's decision. Yeah. 
he's back in his team up. I don't know. I just, I, I just, fuck man, it's, it's rough. It's really rough what he's what he's going through right now. So yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And uh, we should finish talking about this. But, yeah, there yeah. were offers made for um, if they if the team didn't want to come in on the Monday for the press conference or the Sunday for the Monday press conference or if they didn't want to come in for the weigh-in, they could have weighed in in Melbourne, uh, flown in on the day on a private jet. Stevie Spark ended up flying on a private jet. Um, uh, there were a lot of offers made, offers of financial compensation should that 14 days of quarantine um, occur. Um, yeah. But... Uh, they said if there was no written guarantee from the Victorian government that um, there would be no quarantine, then they would not be coming. So, uh, yeah, it was sort of pretty final. And then the final call came after an emergency meeting uh, amongst their team and some others uh, in Melbourne on the Wednesday around 2 o'clock and um, just after 3 we got the call and we rang Stevie Spark and said, well, I rang Stevie Spark at that point and said, all right, looks like we're um, we're a go here. Um, just had a chat with him about uh, how he was going to sort of position himself in the lead up to the fight because we're going to throw a lot of media at him, obviously trying to pump the fight back up. And uh, he didn't need to be told. I just said, uh, what, what do you think of this fight? And he just, he wheeled out Rocky, Cinderella Man, uh, Golden Ticket, uh, and a bunch of other things in his first sentence to me. And I was like, all right, I think you're going to be all right, Stevie. So, um, yeah, he was he was good to go. He got the whole thing, and uh, he was really confident. And even on um, weigh-in day, him getting up in the face of Tim Zhu and uh, going at him, telling him he was going to – the various things he was going to do to him, like he, um, he was very, very confident. He had a good crack, and um, – then he took a couple of body shots from hell, uh, which didn't help one bit. But, uh, yeah, good on him. The second of those was uh, was not nice. Sitting at ringside, you could hear the uh, hear the noises. And yeah, Tim Zhu. A smaller capacity arena now. Oh, yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. And Tim Zhu is a very nasty dude. He likes that. Like, you yeah. could tell he, he enjoyed that. The, the soul taker thing he's really leaning into. Um, yeah. yeah he's, oh, he's a bad dude. Well, nothing takes your soul like body shots. Yeah. yeah. They oh. absolutely suck. <laughs> yeah. They suck. The picture of Stevie just holding his holding his midsection, leaning over, just like looks like he's screaming. It just, yeah. And <laughs> I don't envy that at all. It's a bad thing. No, no but, not one um, bit. Yeah, but lives to fight another day and he'll be back in his weight division. I'm sure that. No oh yeah, he'll be back in his weight division, that. and everyone knows who he is. Um, he will have a lot more eyeballs on whatever he does next than he would have without taking that fight. That is for sure. Is yeah. the idea to get him on another zoo card to kind of keep riding that momentum? Well, the idea after the Jack Brubaker fight, which he won on the Gallon v Brown card, was to get him on a bunch of. Um, of no limit cards, maybe even to headline on Fox Sports with him, but um, those deals could not be made. Um, Stevie Spark would be an amazing fight. To what was that, sorry? Dara Foley, Stevie Spark would just be an amazing fight to headline its own show. Yeah, well, that would be that, amazing. That was the fight that was um, was was attempted to um, to be put together um, for a show that was meant to take place. Um, next week, actually, but won't now because of the situation in Sydney uh, before all of this. But uh, ultimately, it couldn't be made for, for various reasons. Uh, it, it, they couldn't get them together. And um, the decision from uh, Brendan Smith and Stevie Spark was to, to continue to fight him in um, Toowoomba and then to look at opportunities as they came along, um, which is completely fine. And, and as it turned out, a, a major opportunity came along for them to jump in on a week's notice um, and to take on uh, Tim Zoo, But at the moment, there is no contract in place between them and No Limit, but he would be most welcome um, on their shows and the shows of uh, any other promoter in the country going forward. And certainly um, from a TV perspective, we'd love to have him back on. Absolutely. Amazing. So mixed results on the night. We saw... Liam Wilson, you know, really gutsy, tough. Certainly wasn't all one-sided, get any, but he got stopped against Joe Noyne. What was your reaction when, when that happened? Jade, do you want to go first, mate? Um, yeah, well, I was in shock when it happened. Um, I, I, I believe in, I still believe in Liam Wilson. And can I just say, like, the, the after, after the fight, the hate that Liam received... He's a guy who's who's had under ten professional fights. Look at look at his body of work so far. He hasn't really had easy fights. 
Um, he's just the hate that he copped and people saying, oh, he got found out, he got this, he got that. Man, he's going to learn from this. And the same people who are saying that have never, ever been in the boxing ring. Some of them have never been in the boxing ring. But even some fighters who were commenting on that have never been in a boxing ring with a world-class opponent and how quickly things happen. Those, the mistakes, and I said this about Andrew Maloney in his first fight with Franco, the mistakes that Liam made in that fight are going to haunt him until he gets back in there. He's going to be thinking about it. He'll be thinking about the position he was in. He'll be thinking about the way he got caught with that shot. And this is how he's going to learn. He's going to get better from, from this. I I wholeheartedly believe that Liam is going to go on to big, big things. I believe he can become world champion. He's just got to rectify a few def- defense flaws. Um, and I think also, too, the same thing that makes Liam Wilson great and is going to make Liam Wilson great, he's got so much mongrel in him. We saw we saw when he got clipped in the first round, the second round he came out and, and he boxed. But Liam has got this mongrel in him that he has to – he has to. Okay, you hurt me. Now, now it's your turn. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop you. I'm gonna open up. And he wants to. He wants to impress the crowd and all that. And that's what makes him. That's what makes him a great fighter. He's gonna learn to harness that, and he's gonna learn to use that better. And he showed that he can box. Um, so yeah, I was. I was surprised. But this is. This is boxing. Things like this can happen. And the thing is, is if you if you move along slowly, like look at early days with Brock Jarvis, right? He's a kid. He's so young, and now he's he's amazing. He's one of the best, one of the best in the world. That he was brought along slow, brought along slow. You're cherry picking. You're this. You're that. You can't. You can't. You just can't win. And now Brock's Brock's absolutely killing it. He's one of the best on the planet at that weight. Um, Liam comes through super duper fast. Oh, you've gone through too quick. That's dumb. This is you just can't win. You can't keep people happy. Um, my message to Liam is yeah, just. Chin up, you're a bad man, and I, I believe you come back, and I believe you, um, I believe you go on to bigger and better things. You can become champion of the world. Um, so yeah, it was a shock, but that's boxing. That's what happens when you're fighting real guys. Yeah, um, to say it's a shock is fair because of the prices and because obviously um, we were invested in Liam Wilson winning that fight um, as a country. We would like to see um, him him victorious. But when you look at it on paper, he's fighting against Joe Noyne, um, number seven in the world, uh, ranked by two of the other governing bodies as well. Um, someone who has been in some major international fights, who's won on the road in Japan a couple of times. So there were plenty who wanted to tell you that Noine should have been the favourite in that fight, even going into it. There were a lot who on social media wanted to say that um, it was another bit of cherry picking for, for Liam Wilson, which I just couldn't understand. Um, <laughs> given he was yeah he was seven in the world and 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 those sorts of things. Like I, I was at Payne's through Fight Week too. Um, underline how big a fight that was, how major a risk it was, and how serious a fighter Joe Noyne was. Um, he was probably more serious than what a lot of people thought. Um, but uh, Liam will look back on that fight and see, well, uh, and I know he will, he'll look back and see rounds two and three where he boxed like he needed to and he looked outstanding. If he could have shown the patience through that entire fight to do what he did in those two rounds um, and to show his boxing skills rather than getting in there and, and trying to bomb him out and um, showing probably a lack of maturity at, at certain times Absolutely. in the fight, then he would have... Um, he would have won that fight and he would have looked very good in doing so. It may have not been as spectacular as what he would have wanted, but uh, looking back on it in the hindsight, he would have been very um, pleased with himself. But the thing about Liam Wilson is that he has looked straight back on what happened that night and decided to learn from it. Um, I spoke to him as soon as he got out of the ring and he was obviously gutted and heartbroken. But um, even uh, a couple hours later when I was speaking to him, he'd already started to try and look towards the positives and look how he could become a better fighter as a result. And that's the true strength, I think, of um, Liam Wilson. He's uh, he's someone that, yeah, certainly we've um, built up and a lot of people had him pegged as the next big thing. And and um, I've been doing a lot of that as well because um, I call these fights and um, make a lot of the uh, content and promotion around them. So, yeah, we've been building up Liam Wilson because he's very, very skillful and because he'd done such great things in such a short amount of time. Um, I can understand the jealousy around 
um, how quickly that journey has happened for him. But you cannot criticize him for going into this fight, for having a throw at the stumps and having a crack in just his 10th professional fight, trying to um, race into the world rankings and uh, potentially to fight for a world title before the end of the year, which was the plan. So people criticizing that, um, I think that is that is very, very harsh. He's lost a fight now, but... Um, if he learns from it and comes back, um, really, he has gained a great deal. He'll be get, be a better boxer as a result of this. Um, I think he'll mature. He'll learn a, a lot. And um, the reaction that he's shown to what has happened is the most pleasing thing out of all of it. So um, I, I think he'll gain more plans. And he showed his class as well in his um, yeah. social media posts afterwards, uh, expressing how he was looking at the loss, congratulating Noine and, um, and, and looking uh, ahead to to what is next. So, um, yeah, I, I remain very proud of um, what Liam Wilson has done. And I still think that he is going to do some serious things in world boxing. I, I reckon it's a couple of um, domestic opponents next, and um, then he'll fight to get back into the world rankings and we're back to where we were. How yeah. soon, um, I got probably, it's too early to say, but how soon is he looking to get back in the ring or does he need some time off now? Um, I would imagine that he will have a fight on that September show, Tim Zhu's show. Um, that would be the plan at this point. I don't think he needs um, a significant amount of time off. Yeah, he took some shots. He took um, quite a number of left hands. Um, and he did have a, a couple of little issues going into the fight. So he'll want some time just to, to figure through those things. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think September would be fine. Uh, there's a few names that we've sort of started chatting around for, for who he could fight. I, I think most people will know who we would be talking about. Um, and, yeah, there's there's some good fights for him to get back into a position to, to go again and to, to shoot again. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, the criticism that Noine wasn't a, a serious opponent um, and the criticism that it was all too much too soon for for um for Liam Wilson look everyone has opinions and that is completely fine um if it had turned out a different way and he'd boxed like he did in rounds two and three and he'd got through and won then um I guess some of those people would have um would have probably been praising him so uh we just wait to see what he's got for us next but um I'm confident that that he improves from that everyone yeah everyone does have opinions and um some of them are just they're just toxic some of the shit people come out with like how you can criticise the way Liam has been through his career so far. And that's the beauty of our sport. There's one punch in a fight. You make a mistake at the highest level and and there's no coming back from it. Um, and you said, like, he'll watch it. He won't only watch and and um, he won't only watch and fix those mistakes. It Because of how serious he is, it will... He will feel those mistakes. He will relive. He it'll haunt him. It just will, and that's how you become. That's that's how he's going to learn. That's how he's going to become better. Maturity, learn to harness that mongrel that he's got him, and that's what's going to make him great. We've already seen um, from Liam Wilson. He does learn from his mistakes. Um, there's uh, certainly a section of the boxing community that doesn't like Liam Wilson because um, of some comments and some support that he appeared to show on social media a few years ago to some abhorrent comments that were made um, with regards to the um, the shootings um, in New Zealand. Liam Wilson um, showed his immaturity at that stage, wrote a couple of um, comments um, showed support essentially to some things that were said when the criticism came and it came um, it, it came in a hurry and it deserved to that is for sure because um, any sort of racism can absolutely not be tolerated um, amongst people who hold Australian titles or amongst anyone really um, he decided not to sook and not to fight instead he um, went off and, and tried to learn the error of what he had um, what he'd said. And I was off him at the time, I'll admit. I, um, I, I, I didn't think that um, I saw a future in trying to help him out, to be honest, because it's, it's not from my playbook and, um, and, and I don't have any time for, for anything racist, um, that is for sure. But he went away and he learnt what the conversation was about. He talked to people. Um, he still tries to continue to evolve and to try and fix up some of those mistakes. And you have to think about the background that he has. He, he is not... Um, someone that was highly educated on those subjects. Um, so when he found out that he had done something wrong, he went off and, and, and tried to learn why that was and, and try and educate himself. And he did do that. So I, I thought that was a really good step. Um, and similarly in his boxing, 
um, I think that, um, that that he will try and learn from what's gone wrong here, and um, it'll make him it'll make him a better person and a better boxer, and 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 that's uh, all that we can really uh, hope that people can become within this sport. I um, you mentioned about education. Then I was on the bus back to the airport from the shoot we did at Fox for um, DNL. Oh, yep, yep. Man, I got it. <laughs> I was with Liam and um, Isaac Hardman. Yeah. I, edu- I got an education about <laughs> where those boys are from. Yeah. Um, Arvo sounds like a wild place. Um, so, yeah, look, Liam was a young, ignorant kid, said some dumb shit, and like you said, he's he's done everything he can to make amends and is grown as a person. He's, he's a good dude, Liam Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Some people would double down after those comments, whereas you know, oh, hundred percent maturity and yeah, good on him for for evolving. You know, people have maybe some bad thoughts in the past, but you're human. You rectified that, and now you've moved on. Well, even yeah. bad. You're you're a kid. You're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he was in his early twenties at the time. That sounds harsh, but yeah, you live and you learn. And, and 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 this is not to play down um, right. that Tell event and and the hurt that that any support of any abhorrent, disgusting comments um, would cause to people within the Muslim community. Oh, that that is for sure because um, there is absolutely no place for any of that stuff. Um, and um, the Muslim community is such an important part of Australia and such an important part of Australian boxing. Um, and any hurt caused with such comments is disgusting, despicable, and, and needs to be um, completely run out. And uh, and and the ins- then that's why um, things happened so fast to Liam Wilson at that time. And people like myself yeah. turned on him and and just told him that, that that he was completely and utterly out of line in, in supporting those comments. But the way that he reacted, um, I think, shows that he's a, a good person. And hopefully, um, yeah, people uh, p- people within Australian boxing and, and he uh, can have those conversations and can move forward uh, together yeah. because there's room for, for everyone in, in the sport and there's some really good fights to make and, and that's what it's all about. So you mentioned September um, and that's when Tim Zhu's going to come out. Yeah, I heard Tim mention some pretty exciting uh, international opponents that he's interested in fighting. We saw Tony Harrison and Liam Smith. I think they're really, really awesome fights to get him to get people internationally talking. Can you update us on that? Yeah, Liam Smith is the front runner to fight against Tim Zhu. He's happy to come to Australia. He did an interview um, a couple of days ago. I think it was with Boxing Social, um, where he went through um, all of the elements around the um, the Tim Zhu fight. He's keen for it. Um, he's happy to come to Australia. It is the fight that um, No Limit are pressing for, and negotiations are underway, um, and conversations are being had. Um there's a couple of dates being talked about. They're both in September. Um, there's uh, various venues in the running, and obviously a Tim Zoo event is a massive event. Uh, so yeah, there's um, there's uh, th- there's a lot still to happen. But at the moment, Liam Smith is the one. Uh, Tony Harrison would be uh, second favourite, and um, what a great scalp he would be if Tim Zoo could get him to Australia. And he's expressed that he's happy to come here as well, Tony Harrison. Um, if he could come to Australia and 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 uh, Tim could uh, potentially beat him, given that he's the only man to beat uh, Jamal Charlo, uh, that'd yeah. be massive. But um, Liam Smith, a, a major name internationally, and uh, if he could get him out here, which it looks increasingly likely that he will, and 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 beat him, then he is um, he's right there in the frame internationally. And I think he already is after wins against Jeff Horn and Dennis Hogan. Of course, um, he is. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I reckon that. The Smith fight's clearly another cherry pick, and he he's going to get found out when he when he reaches the top. I am so sick of hearing this shit, man. Like, where's the lack of disrespect for Dennis Hogan? Look at what he did to the bigger Charlo brother, Jamal, Jamal, the Jamal, Jamal, Jamal. Well, Jaime Mungea, Jaime Mungea, Jaime Mungea. No, but look at look at his fight. Yeah, with Jaime Mungea, he he beat he. He didn't didn't get the decision, but he's world class. Look at what Charlo did to Hogan. Then look at what Zoo did to to Hogan. These same these we've got direct comparisons, but people are still trying to disregard 
Zoo's ability. Like, it's just crazy. Like, yeah. yeah I, and I, I just, think I it, it, it. Like, the, yeah. Like disrespect for Dennis Hogan is, it's just like people just like forgotten about it. That was huge. I, but, but who are people trying to play it down? Like, internationally, do people go, oh, he's never fought anyone yet? Or is that just more people on, you know, uh, Oz Boxing Facebook that are coming into the comments? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd say it's the latter. Yeah. Sure. Nail on the head there. Yeah. Because yeah. I think internationally, people are going, oh, shit, there's a dude over there um, with a familiar surname who can fight. Um, yeah. And oh, he's beaten. I oh, beat Jeff Horn. Oh, he's beaten. Des- he knocked out Dennis Hogan. I think people are going. Oh, right. Okay. I, I think that's more it's, how things are progressing internationally. Yeah. And he like, did you that listen to this welterweight. Jamal Charlie stopped him at middleweight. So that's you know even more impressive. Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah. Uh, yeah, listen to this um, interview that Liam Smith did. Like he is not. He's not playing him down. He knows that um, he's a serious fighter. He, he's. He sees why he's a name that um, the zoo camp is reaching out to. He knows that they're trying to use his name to continue to build um, Tim Zoo internationally. He understands where where he's at, but he still gives himself a, a good chance of winning. But he's not saying, oh, he's not fought anyone. I'll, I'll, yeah. um, I'll batter him. He's saying, yeah, this is a serious fight. Like, this dude's yeah. on the way up, but I'm I'm willing to take these opportunities. And obviously he is. He fought Canelo, you know. He, he, he fights whoever, Liam Smith. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really good fight if that one could be made. The other names, um, Danny Garcia has been mentioned, but I, um, I, I think probably he'll price himself out of things because he's a, he's a major name with some huge yeah, fights um, over there. Yeah, well, PBC, you know, that's um, certainly uh, someone that you'd like to have on board having a super welterweight at the moment given their dominance of the division. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, p- other PBC fighters would make sense. Uh, Jarrett Hurd was meant to be the fight. Uh, that was the fight that was was meant to come up uh, next, uh, and negotiations had progressed really well until he was upset on the uh, Floyd Mayweather exhibition undercard. So um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's an interesting picture at the moment. Um, I but like, I think the Liam Smith fight in terms of optics is really good because you know Zoo has these really badass body shots and like and that's how he lost to Canelo. Canelo wore him down with body shots. So if if Zoo can do something similar, like how good will that make Zoo look? Yeah, for sure. And just the esteem in which he and his family are held in global boxing. Um Especially to have a name day. yeah, to have a name like that on your record. Um uh, anyone in the US and the UK who aren't already taking notice, and I don't think there's too many, they would have to after a win like that. We were live on ESPN Plus again. Um, there's been a, a lot of Tim Zoo fights live into the US um, and live uh, elsewhere around the world. And, and I could see there was a lot of people watching. Um, a lot of the prominent um, American journalists in particular made comment on Tim Zoo. Dan Raphael's one that's been on board for a long time. He again said Tim Zoo's going to win world titles. Um, yeah. So, uh, what time was it in America? The spark fight, bright and early. Yeah, it was the okay. first thing in the morning. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and now we turn to this Sunday, and you'll see it live on Fox Sports with uh, Jamel Charlo and Brian Castano fighting for all of the belts in the super welterweight division. We were going to do a live broadcast from the studio in Sydney of that fight. I was going to call the fight and have Tim there, um, but with the COVID shit fight that's going on um we probably won't do that at the moment which is a real shame because it would have been good to to start to really build that up so we'll do something else around the fight um but at least it'll be on it'll be live on fox and and what a good fight that is as well because you've got the pressure style of the castano um of castano who is someone who you know we've known about for a while we've seen him win some good fights patrick tajira and the and the like but um yeah just have to see how he matches up against that um more classical style of charlo who is the favorite in this fight and and then see what the ramifications could be for a for a Tim Zoo fight, because there is a school of thought that maybe um, Charlo is the better stylistic opponent for Zoo rather than your Castano pressure style fighter. I don't know if that's correct, but there are some who who are good judges who who have that opinion. Um, but, but it's a good fight either way. But like, what are the odds of Charlo? Like, if he is successful on Sunday, that he moves up, and then like all those titles become vacant, and then Zoo can just fight for a vacant title. 
Yeah, I guess that is a possibility. Um, and he has talked about um, potentially moving up at some point, but I don't think that would be his next fight, given he would be a unified champion. There's a lot of money um, in, in yeah. what he would be able to do next and his brother's up there as well. So um, I don't think that he probably will do that, but maybe at some point he does. Um, and there's mandatories all over the place uh, yeah. as well, which are going to create havoc. Um, team... But Zeus ranks like in the top three of like two of, of those belts. He... So he wouldn't be far off being mandatory as well if he can just get a couple. Well, he will become mandatory for the WBO belt at some stage if he continues okay. winning. So that's that's the avenue there. He's also, yeah, you're right, he's, he's well-placed with the WBC and the IBF as well, and he could find himself... Um, Moving in, into those positions there, but WBO is um, is the first of them, um, yep. and yeah, it'll it'll be a, a bit of a, a shit fight um, with all of the sanctioning bodies trying to create their mandatories, and, and, and there is a pecking order that's in place, and um, the WBO is not at the top of that just at the moment. But um, yeah, you could um, certainly he, he could find himself um, ordered to fight Tim Zhu Charlo at, at some point soon. Well, if Zhu fights um, Tony Harrison. That would get Charlo's attention even more, given that you know he's got a loss yeah. one one with him. That would really hype up that fight as well. So yeah, uh, there's some good options there for Tim, and I can't wait yeah, to see what happens next. For sure, that's why the Jarrett Heard fight made so much sense, um, and yeah. why it was the one that was being explored until um, catastrophe struck. Um, but yeah, now you know there's still some really exciting fights, and it will be an international opponent next up. Um, September most likely Tim Zhu uh, somewhere September in Australia um, early. early mid probably okay I um, just getting back to the other night there in New in Newcastle I just want to say how good it is to see Wade Ryan fighting on TV being in awesome fights the most improved fighter in Australian boxing yeah yeah and man it's just been such a long hard road for him he's fought everyone he's come up short against the best of the best and now just to, I don't know, just to see him starting to shine, it's awesome, man. And yeah. he's, he's such a likeable character. Yeah. He's, oh, a he's a cracking bloke. tough. Yeah, he's a ripper. I said I like, on the coverage that um, he was sort of in a position where maybe he was going to become a journeyman um, in Australian boxing, but he said, no, fuck that. And now he's just knocking people out. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, it's an amazing um, trajectory that he's on, and we're talking about what could be next for Wade Ryan um, because people want to see him. Uh, he's always in exciting fights, and he he just goes to another another level every time. I even love I even love listening to him at press conferences and stuff like that. He's just so <laughs> he's just such an individual. He's so he's just fun, man. I really really like Wade. Yeah, the press player just jumps on the mic. Starts thanking everyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice bloke. <laughs> yeah, just shouting out the Gunnar. Now he is a really good bloke too. He's a he's a really he's good a fella. legend. He's an um, and he did a good job again. So um, yeah, he's yeah. won twice now against Troy O'Mealy. Um, O'Mealy cut in both of those fights, um, and he beat Cole Mazudia in between. Um, and now you'd imagine that he uh, finds himself on that September card as well because um, he's become a bit of a fixture on these uh, Tim Zoo events, and he's the only man still to have dropped Tim Zoo. See, there's yeah. still there's some fun fights for – there's so many fun fights for Wade in Australia. Like, I, I'd love to see Stupid Sexy Flanders, Benny Marnie versus Wade Ryan. I'd yep. love to see even Joel Camilleri versus Wade Ryan. Yep. There's there's heaps of fun fights out there. Like, it's, it's a great division. There's plenty of talent. And um, – I think Wade gives all those boys a really, really hard night. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I give him a chance against. Give him a chance, man. Like he's he's come such a long way. I love Wade. He's awesome. Mm. Yep. What yeah. Well, Mickey. Um. Well, I guess. Whoops. <laughs> Um, Whoops! Brothers, Ben, can you update us there? What's happening? With the- oh, well, they've they've made it official yeah. finally um, that uh, the Maloney brothers are travelling to the US. Um, yeah, so we knew about it what weeks weeks ago. This has finally been announced that they'll both be fighting um, August the fourteenth, which is August the fifteenth, the Sunday over here. Um, Andrew Maloney in the third of his fights against Joshua Franco after the daylight robbery that occurred in the second of the fights. Um, and Jason Maloney against Joshua Greer, who he was meant to fight previously um, and now gets his chance to go in against. Um, they'll be on the same card. It'll be in Oklahoma, so they don't have to deal with the um, 
Vegas officials uh, that sort of uh, did what they did last time around. And they fly out um, this Friday, I believe, to go and begin their training camp. Um, and then they'll head back after these fights, hopefully with um, a world title belt for Andrew. And they'll do two weeks quarantine in a Sydney hotel, uh, I would assume, for the third time uh, during the pandemic. Yeah. They, they, um, they yeah. love that. They just love hanging out in the hotel room together, those two blokes. The Playing ping pong. Oh, man. Drinking um, drinking the immortal. The immortal parallel, yeah. 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 Um, now look, the the Greer fight, I'm I'm super excited for Jason about this. Like this one's been a long time coming. And um there's such big implications for either of them to get this win. Greer needs the win over Jason, Jason needs the win over Greer. Um I believe I'm 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 behind Jason one hundred percent in this fight. Um you saw Greer. Greer early in early in his career, like he'd bring the pillow to the ring and he was uh, like putting people to sleep, and he was really outspoken. You should do that. Me, yeah. Put the crowd to sleep. Um, <laughs> give one to <laughs> give one to each person that's there. Give one to every every person in attendance. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. I was wondering how long it was going to be before he started. No, I'm in a very serious yeah. mood today. Very serious. Yeah, you are. It's lovely. It's yeah. nice to yeah not be the butt of your joke. <laughs> Um, yeah, but look, he used to carry that pillow into the ring and, and he used to be very, really outspoken. And since he stepped up um, to the highest level, he, he had that shock loss. Um, the pillow has gone away. I think he realises how serious it is now and how serious his fight is with Jason. But, man, Jason's been in against the very best in that division, the very best in the world, pound for pound with uh, Inouye. Um, I, I believe Jason gets the job done. I believe he knocks him out, and um, hopefully we'll see him in the world title picture next. But it, it's it's cool. I think was was the reason there was a bit of a delay because they didn't know whether the Greer fight would happen on this show. The announcement delay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of uh, factors at play. Um, the Greer fight, uh, from what I heard, was was locked in weeks ago as well. Um, but then they, they further delayed because of, um, all the drama over Tyson Fury, um, uh, maybe testing positive to COVID. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot at play, but, um, yeah, finally it, it came through officially, which is, um, which is great. Cause I know they've been waiting the boys to be able yeah. to tell people about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, at least now they know and they can get on a flight knowing it's all been announced and, um, get over there and start preparing. Cause this will be a fight with, um, the whole world watching because of the injustice of what happened the last time around. It's going to be a lot of hype around this fight. Um, so yeah, that, 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 that's, um, that's exciting. It was so hard. It was so hard to watch that. Like the officials, they finally had the chance to make the right choice. And we're man, we're all human. Everyone makes mistakes, but if it's put in front of you, black and white, like you could, they reviewed that for half an hour, and they still <laughs> rocked it. And it was, um, it was on Oz Boxing, I think, a couple of days ago, or, or maybe even yesterday. Um, the the post fight interview with Andrew, and he's just absolutely gutted. Oh. So so hard to watch. Like, man, there's so much incompetence with officials. And that's that's fine. It's a hard job. Like you're not going to catch absolutely everything. You are going to make the wrong call from time to time. But you had the choice to do the right thing, and it's fine. You can be wrong. Yeah, that's the, right. The, the whole world saw you were wrong. The technology they, was there for a reason. The thing is, they had every sense. opportunity to not fuck it up. For, that's, for me, that's why it's so for frustrating. Me, for me, as a fighter, like, that really hurt to watch because, like, there's so many. There's so much injustice with with calls and stuff from from um, officials. You get on the wrong side of someone, and they crack the shits with you. They they make your night. They make it such a hard night for you. And it's unfortunately that that's how it is. And you kind of just wear it. But they had the chance to do the right thing, and they still they still said, "Nah, fuck you, Andrew. I'm in charge." <laughs> I said it was a headbutt, even though no one could see a headbutt. I say it's a headbutt. It's a headbutt. Fuck his you. head couldn't have been further away from his face. Yeah. 
and moment. you saw the eye blow up after that jab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it just, it's just really hard to watch as a fighter and as a mate of Andrews. It was just, yeah, it's just – so it's great that um, they that the Nevada State Athletic Commission don't get a chance to screw him again. Um, and it's just a shame that – I don't know, it should have been reviewed more. It should have been – how do we – the powers that be, it, it, there's there's no there's no higher power than the Nevada State Athletic Commission, which is which is a shame that could actually say, hey, no, you guys were wrong. Let's fix this. Yeah, um, because it'd be great if we could have if we could have video playback. Imagine it just it would change our sport because yeah. the, the tape well, lie. Yeah. The tape doesn't lie. The tape doesn't make mistakes. It is what it is. It was there for the world to see. Yeah, well, they did have the video playback and they still did what they did. It's Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but Helen Mirren will be watching uh, this time around. <laughs> you yeah. can't doubt that. She'll, she's, she's she'll be inside. Yeah. In her Team Maloney T-shirt. <laughs> they should send some merch over. I wonder if uh, they've looked into that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all, um, all coming up, which is very good. So they fly out um, Friday. October, uh, sorry, August uh, fifteen, Australian time. The fight, and, uh... and I'm so, I'm so excited for um, for Andrew. Like, it's the questions are like in in the first fight, and I, I touched on this earlier with Liam, like saying how it, that would haunt him. That that haunted Andrew, and how quickly things change in a fight at that level. And you got a killer in front of you. You hurt Andrew with that body shot. That's all it took. Uh, within within moments, he's got burst eardrums, um, suspected broken nose, and that laceration inside of his mouth. Fought through it the rest of the fight. The things didn't go his way. It just didn't quite work. And those the moments and the positions he got himself in absolutely haunted him. In the second fight, he comes out and is just a different fighter. He's dominant. He looks stronger. His shots are just like everything was just on point because he he had that time in the ring with Franco. And he made the adjustments, and now here, here we are. Um, the thing that I like about this is the rematch was only a couple of rounds in, and then we're done. So Franco doesn't have that time in there with him. It would have just happened so fast, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's been saved by the Nevada State Athletic Commission. So he wouldn't be as in tune to Andrew as Andrew is to him, if you know what I'm saying. So I hope, I hope I'm right in that, and um, Andrew comes out and does it. In emphatic style this time around, which yeah, that um that August fifteen date uh, over here is a bit of a tricky one because um at the moment the Tiafimo Lopez George Cambosis fight is still scheduled for that date, but um you might have seen um over the last week or so it, it's just become a little bit messy, well a lot messy really as to what is going on there. Lopez um. Apparently tested positive to COVID and caused the delay to August 15. Um, now it seems to be going back and forth with Triller suggesting they would do the fight in October in Australia, but that being, which obviously would be the preference for us, um, but that being immediately um, knocked on the head seemingly by Lopez's manager who said that they're not doing that and that um maybe they'd rather vacate the IBF belt than um than uh, and and give up this fight than uh come to Australia Triller saying well it's up to us we can put it on wherever we want we bid for it um Bob Arum's involved because he has done a new deal with Lopez and he's saying they're going to take um they're going to take the IBF to court um over the whole situation uh so yeah it, it is really up in the air um what's happening yeah. I see that um that Pat English, the um, well-known boxing attorney, is representing um, Aram and and Lopez. Um, they're trying to, uh, yeah, try, trying to essentially force um, things in their favour. Um, yeah, it's it, it's a really really messy sort of a situation at the moment. It'd be great if it ended up in Australia, but at the moment it does appear it's more likely ended up in court. Just Triller just seems Triller just seems to be such a shit show. I'm just gutted for George because, like, he, that purse bid comes through. And look at the payday he was getting. I look at how long he's been away from his family for and how he has done all this on the road too. I'm just, yeah, I'm just gutted for him. Trilla just looks like an absolute shit show. And it'd be, so, it'd be such a nervous time for George not knowing if it's going to fall over or not. And all the work that he's put in, all the sacrifice, all everything, that payday disappears. 
Yeah. Payday disappears. The biggest fight he could possibly have disappears. And it's it's because of it just looks like pure incompetence by Triller. Their their shows like their their last few shows were just a fucking joke too. Like their commentary, just everything about them. And then it finally looked like it was all gonna happen for George. And now everything's up in the air again. I'll just I'm just I can't help but feel for George, man. It's fucked. I, it's just yeah. It's gross. It just alarm bells are going off. It just looks like it's all going to fall over. Yeah, well, hopefully not. Hopefully but not. Um, it does feel like it's um, headed to court or certainly to legal disputes. Um, the other name in the mix is Isaac Cruz. Um, he's ranked at number two by the IBF um, at the moment. So maybe we see George Cambosis fight against him for a vacant title if Lopez does vacate. Um, I know that... Um, Aram and Lopez were trying to order the IBF to um, make Lopez against Cruz and to leave Cambosi out of the mix. I don't see how that's possible. Um, that, that's, that seems implausible. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's very much up in the air. That um, August 15 date looks um, very unlikely, though I know that that's the one that Lopez and his team are still pushing towards. Um, but, yeah, we're seeing it more and more, aren't we, that um, – a COVID test can come at a, a very, um, well, it, what turns out to be a convenient time. I'm not saying that necessarily Lopez didn't test positive. I'm not saying that Tyson Fury didn't test positive, but um, they're two amongst a, a bunch of fighters who have had um, tests turn up at, at what could be seen to be um, convenient times in, in recent boxing history. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just, it's just nervous nervous times for um Cambosis. imagine all this time all this talk all this and for nothing it just falls over it'd just be fuck it just be such a f- shame yeah um the other news uh worth talking about is Jaya Pattaya who is um in a very good position to fight for a vacant IBF cruiserweight world title with um the news from Byrus Bradus that he is heading up to heavyweight so he made a an announcement on his social media that he's going to vacate his um cruiserweight belt go up to heavyweight and try and get a big fight in that division that's where the money is uh, which leaves Opatai, who's ranked at number three, and Michael Cieslak, the Polish fighter, who's ranked at number two, um, well-placed to fight for a vacant version of the world title, um, either in Poland or if um, Dean Lonergan and DNL events can have their way here in Australia, which would be um, fantastic. I know the IBF are waiting on confirmation uh, officially from Bradis's team that he is making that move, and then they will... Uh, order the fight and then there'll be a negotiation period and potentially um, it, it'll go to purse bids after that if it can't be resolved. But um, Jaya Pattaya looking very likely to be in a, a strong position to fight for a vacant world title. Um, they could potentially have another fight between now and then for him um, before that fight can take place. But, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, things to be resolved, but it, it definitely looks very good for him. Yeah, it, um, that's absolutely huge. Um, that's I love the way that the IBF do that. You said number two or number three. Um, for people listening who aren't familiar with the way the IBF work, they always leave that number one vacant. So either if number one, if you're number one, you're a mandatory. So if number number two, number three fight each other, regardless. Um, if that title isn't vacant, the champion British has to has to fight them. So. IBF, I think their ratings, are, uh, the way they work it is great. So, yeah, if he does vacate, number one, the number one spot is vacant. So number two and number three fight off for each other, fight up against each other. Um, I don't know much about this, uh, the opponent. Have you seen much of him at all, Ben? Oh, well, when this news came through, I just... Um... I just looked up bits and pieces. I hadn't seen much previously. Um, oh, it's a very winnable fight, no doubt at all, for for Jai. Um, as we know, he has um, brilliant nights and very good nights. If he has a, a brilliant night, it um, looks like a fight that he wins uh, without too much concern at all, to be honest. But, um, yeah, there's a the issues around whether that will take place um, in Australia, which would be uh, ideal, or if it does happen in Poland, um, yeah, he can he can punch as well, um, C-Stack. I think he's got like 15 KOs from 20 or 21 wins, um, something like that. He, he does have a loss on his record, but it was a points loss. Um, so he's been 
right up there um thereabouts and uh yeah he's a he's a former um world title challenger as well so uh very seasoned guy yeah but jai man jai is one of my favorite fighters to watch like he's just so nice to watch he's just his his skill he's just silky smooth man I, i love watching him fight and um yeah i'll definitely be checking out his opponent but man, how big will that be if if, uh, if that comes off and we've got um, a world cruiserweight champion? Yeah, we and let's do it in Australia. We haven't had a world cruise. Well, Danny was the IBO world champion. Mm. If we had an Australian cruiserweight world champion, um, no, 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 we, we wouldn't have done, would we? No, no, I don't think so. Mate, that'd be absolutely huge. He's mm. um, yeah, he's such a awesome fighter to watch, and that'd be and. And and he is he is a bit of a character as well. Like I'd I'd like to see more of Jai in the media and on TV. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's going to be the plan. Get him in another fight, um, yeah. maybe in September. Try and build his profile a little bit more, and then try and make a big deal out of the world title fight if they can get it to Australia. Um, maybe it'd be a double header event with Justice Hooney. That would make sense. Um, yeah. You could do it as a as a big show that way around. Yeah. Um, uh, Justice going after uh, has he had he's had surgeries on his hands by now? Surely. Um, last I heard, they hadn't had surgery. No. Um, and last I heard, and I haven't checked in for a, a week or so. I must admit, but um, they were still the um, combat sports, not combat sports, combat Oz people were still hopeful um, that something could be done that they could find a. Some stopgap measure that would allow him still to get to the Olympic Games. Um, I know Justice and his team were um, were forthright and adamant that the injury meant that he was out, but um, there are plenty of others who were hopeful that maybe something could be done and he can still get over there. Um, forgive, forgive my ignorance. When exactly is the Olympics again? Um, well, uh, that <laughs> more importantly, they well, it's it, it's coming up. But more importantly, um, they leave. I think they would have to leave in the next sort of um, in the next week or so, because um, okay. there's obviously all sorts of um, shit around um, getting over there. But I think the Olympics is like t- ten days, ten days away or something. It's the twenty twenty second, twenty third, twenty third of July. I think it starts. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's not much time, and that that bird may have flown, but that was the last that I heard that they were still, they were still hopeful. But uh, I know the the Hooney camp saw no chance. Um, that's why they made the announcement straight away. They said no, we're done. Um, heartbreakingly, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think you know he'll he'll be right. He'll be back um, in some major fights. Junior Farr is still the opponent that they want if the uh, Paul Gallen fight doesn't happen. I'm not sure of the exact date that Gallen has to to decide whether he wants that um, rematch. But, um, yeah, Junior Farr is the other fighter that they're talking about bringing to Australia to fight against Justice. That's such a huge fight, Junior Farr. Yeah. That's massive. I, um, yeah. I, well, I'd be happy to watch Gal go around again just because I love Gal, but the, the Junior Farr fight's huge. Yes. But, um, yeah, that's absolutely massive. And well, there was – has there been any talk at all of – um, still talking of DNL boys, Isaac Hardman. Is he in the mix at all for the Ruyoto Murata? Um, yeah, apparently there were conversations that were had um, between Dean and Bob Arum, and then between Bob Arum and what's his name, Mr. Honda, the Japanese promoter. So, yeah, yeah his name is certainly in the mix. Um, I haven't checked that in a week or so, but. Um, yeah, his name's definitely in the mix. So it could happen. Um, yeah. And he's, I think he came up with a world ranking out of his last fight. I think he's at 15 in the next rankings. Oh, awesome. So, um, yeah, it makes sense. And he'd take it. He'd fight anyone. Of course he would. Yeah, I hope it comes off. That'd be great. Yeah. Get yeah. over to Japan, yeah. maybe. Mate, I absolutely love Japan. Yeah. That so cool. Have you no, been there? Uh, no, it's on my bucket list, though. Mate, awesome place. It's fantastic. I've been a bunch of times. It's a great place. Um, we were meant to go um, with Jeff Horn when he was going to fight Ryota Murata, and then your mate Michael Zarafa ruined that. Um, and then we we're going to go with uh, Michael Zarafa, and then Jeff Horn ruined that. So, um, 
wasn't yeah. to be. Wasn't to be. be good to go with um with Hardman and team though. So yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome, man. Um, yeah. Cool, cool. What else have we got to speak about, lads? Are we sort I of... think we're probably done. There's a lot we could go into. Um I was it where are the you blokes at the Melbourne Pavilion on Saturday night? Uh no. No, no okay. I was updated on Facebook, but okay. I didn't see the fight, but I saw that Victor Nagby won um, what is reportedly a pretty um, clear decision against Sam Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I I'd been doing a little bit of work with Sam again in the lead up to um, to this to this fight. I he just sent me a message before I tried to call him just to see how he pulled up, but um, yeah, um, yeah, Victor. 96-94, I was on the Did card. I say Victor Ogonov? No, you said Victor Nagby. No, I said Victor Nagby, did I? I don't know. I don't know. I had Victor Ogonov on my brain. On the brain. Um, Sammy has fought at Cruiserweight before. He won an Australian Cruiserweight title way back in 1937. In like, yeah, that was in his early fights. He fought at Cruiserweight, didn't he? And then he dropped down to... He didn't fight down. Did he go down to junior middleweight and then come back to middleweight? He yeah. just bounced around like crazy. Yeah, what a career! Like he's just the ultimate road warrior. Um, yeah, like I've just got so much respect for Sam. Like the career that he's had, he's still going now. Like he just, I, I respect Sam for wanting to keep going. And I see how fit the guy is, and he loves he loves being in camp. It's the best version of himself. Um, Victor Nagby isn't this big, dangerous punch. He's not this animal like that. So I I like that fight. I, I was a bit scared with Sammy versus Sakio. But his body of work and what he's done, he has been the opponent for majority. Like for his career, he's been the opponent and he's still become champion of the world. Yeah. And the Germans tried to take it off him the first time when he beat Sturm. Um, and and end up in the courts and, and they ended up winning because they ended up winning. They tried to, there was a false positive for a, a, a drug test. They won that in the court and then Stern was ordered to, to fight him again. There was all sorts of shifty shit they were trying to do to Sam Solomon mm. um, and just, just made it as hard as they possibly could for him. He still becomes champion of the world and just the fights he's had across the world in other people's backyards, like, Sam Solomon is a bad motherfucker, like, and he become champion of the world, being the opponent, being the guy who was never meant to win. He still did it. It's just testament yeah. to what a legend the guy is. So I don't know whether he's going to continue on or not. Um, I wouldn't mind betting that he does because he's just in such phenomenal shape. And as long as he's not getting knocked around. Yeah, obviously, we'd much prefer that he doesn't at age 47. Um, And, you know, if he is losing fights to fighters like Victor Nagby, who's a very good fighter, but has only had a a small handful of professional bouts. So, yeah, it'd be great if if Sam did walk away at the age of 47 after his illustrious and brilliant and captivating career. But if he is to continue on... um, then I hope that um, his opponents are, are picked very, very wisely for him. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. But yeah, give I've got to give it up to Sammy. Absolute legend. And oh, if legend. You walk away to walk away now. What a career, man. I love. Oh Sammy. yeah. Yep. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Well, let's yeah. walk away ourselves now. Let's walk <laughs> okay. away. Let's okay. retire. Walk away, three legends. <laughs> well, <laughs> of podcasting. Nah, um, anywho, I'll see you later, fellas. All right, Bye. see you, boys. All the best. See ya. Bye. We are powered by Everlast Australia, and you get free standard shipping on all orders over $100 at everlastboxing.com.au.